Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing WAIO in your Play Store. I really find that we are in a significant time uh, of history. Of, if some of you may know a bit about church history, some don't, but this marks 500 years from the Great Reformation. We're about to, in the next few days, as we slip into October, we will celebrate 500 years of church reformation. And some of you that don't know much about church history, that's a big deal. It's a big deal that the church began a march toward reformation. That's the season we're in. Our nation is shaking. No other way to put it. It's shaking. History-making shaking is happening in our nation and around the world. The church is changing. Our individual lives are being challenged. I guess more than anything else, we need to know what time is it. Because you hear a lot of things. Lord's coming back. You know, destruction's coming. Revival's about. What, which is it? What is really the truth? What time is it? And you say, why is it important to know what time it is? Well, if you know what time it is, you know where to be at what time. And you say, well, why is that important? Well, if maybe I could just, this is not just spiritual. I mean, how many of you would like to have known that gold was going to go from 400 ounce to 1,200 ounce? <laughs> Come on, somebody. I mean, I'd have liked to have known that, wouldn't you? How, would you, how, how many of you would like to have known that iPhone would have all, make it all the way to iPhone 8 or whatever it is way back then? Y'all, not, y'all don't care nothing about money around here? You're like, you're like oh. I'm just saying. If you'd have known what time it was, right? So just in the natural, when to invest in what, what to do and when, how to pray, when to pray. So natural but also spiritual. You say, well, what, what does that affect me spiritually? Well, if you don't know what time it is, you don't know where to be. And I'm not saying this derogatory because this message isn't for you because you're here. But some people aren't here today, and the reason they're not here is some of them had things to do, which is understandable. Most of them aren't here because they don't know what time it is. Because if they knew what time it was on God's clock, they would know where you, I'm not, miss church wherever you want to, but when God's got a divine appointment and things are moving, you better, that's when you got to be there. Come on. So it's good to know what time it is. So touch three or four people say, today we're going to find out what time it is. Tell them, today we're going to find out what time it is. It's important. Thank God for his grace, and I'll just try to take you there uh, and give it to you just like I got it. It was a grace gift from God that I'm I'm repenting for saying, God, please let me be better at being at the right place on purpose than having to get there by grace. But God is so jealous over us, he'll come by grace to show us something just so we don't miss the timing. I try to read the scriptures every day. Part of my traditions, part of my lifestyle. Uh, I, I try to read through the Bible every year. If, if you're not tracking with that, we have a great uh, Bible reading app on our, uh, Bible reading program on our app, Word Alive app, called Barking Fox. I know that's a crazy name. But basically it's somebody that took the Hebraic timeline of calendar and, and put the right scriptures, Old and New Testament, on daily basis so that you're not reading the wrong part of the Bible at the wrong time. 
So, in other words, if it's time to repent and you're, and you're reading about something else, instead of repenting, we, the Scriptures aren't even speaking to you at the right time. So, if you track with God's calendar with the Scriptures, even they begin to make more sense to us. Are you understanding what I'm, what I'm talking about? So, if, if you're reading about Passover and it's Pentecost, you're behind. You follow me? So, it helps you track. So, download the app. It's, it's, a, ble- it's a big blessing. And it's, it doesn't take a long time, 15 minutes a day. You can read through the whole Bible in a year. It's powerful. So I've been doing that, and so I, I was reading the book of Deuteronomy lately, and you know, God knows what you can get out of Deuteronomy. Why well, I just read it because I'm being obedient. It's like Deuteronomy; it's a great story, but whoa. you know, I like Psalms, John, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And anyway, I'm reading Deuteronomy 10:10. 10, 10. Here's what it said. Put it up here for you. As at the first time, speaking of Moses, I stayed in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. The Lord also heard me at that time, and the Lord chose not to destroy you. There was a lot of good stuff in that scripture. But as I read it, this jumped out at me, 40 days. It just came right off the page, 40 days. I'm saying, what does that mean, 40 days? What's God saying? Is God saying I'm supposed to do something for 40 days, fast, pray, go away, go to a mountain? What's God saying about 40 days? So now, out of the scriptures, 40 days, by God's grace, 40 days. So somebody just say 40 days. That's going to be important in this journey. Say that again, 40 days. So out of this came this thought, these are 40 days of significance. I'm not, I wasn't sure what it was. I just knew the impression I got was we're entering 40 days of significance. Now, somebody say, thank God for Siri. <laughs> She's the lady on the phone with a British accent. So I got my cell phone out the day, next day, and I said, Siri, when is Rosh Hashanah, the head of the Hebraic year? Bam, five seconds later, 40 days. I'm like, even Siri's under the anointing right now. You know, so 40 days, so another, time, another confirmation, 40 days. So here I am now. I felt like the Lord said it's 40 days of significance. Spoke to me through the scriptures. I'm trying to say, what is it the 40 days to Rosh Hashanah? What is this? So now I connect with a friend of mine, Larry Huck, who is real schooled in the ancient Hebrew writings and Hebrew texts, who studies uh, this, this very in-depthly. And man, did my mind get blown when I connected with him in his ministry when realizing that literally for thousands of years, the ancient Hebrew wisdom is that there are 40 days of blowing the shofar, that's this instance right here, from Elul 1, which is this coming Monday and Tuesday, this, just this next week, all the way through the Feast of Tabernacles and all these fall feasts, which, by the way, are called the Feast of Trumpets. Duh. So here's ancient Hebrew wisdom. Is, now, here's 40 days again. They believe Elul 1 coming in a, in a day from now that you're to blow the shofar, sound the shofar for 40 days in a row taking you all the way through these fall feasts so that you will know what time it is. Now, here's where I started really tracking. If I looked up what that word meant for these feasts, you know what the direct translation is in Hebrew? Dress rehearsals. So when you celebrate these feasts of the Lord, they're called dress rehearsals. So think about this with me. For thousands of years after they left Egypt, they sacrificed a lamb every year on the same day. Right? Which was Passover. 
every day the same for thousands of years. They did this ceremonially as a dress rehearsal for what? For when one day came where Jesus, the Lamb of God, not a lamb from the earth, a Lamb of God came, not on Pentecost, not on Tabernacles, but on the day of Passover, which they had celebrated for thousands years on that, and died on that day, rose on first fruits, Holy Spirit came in, and the whole thing was a dress rehearsal for something that actually happened. You're saved today because somebody celebrated a feast as a dress rehearsal so your Savior could make it to the earth and save your soul. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah to that. <laughs> Pentecost, 50 days later. Moses goes to the mountain. So for thousands of years, they celebrate Pentecost 50 days after Passover. Not 60, not 70, 50 days after Passover for thousands of years. Till what happened? Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost. What they had been dress rehearsing for for a long, long time on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit from heaven fell. And today, you're part of a church that was born on the day of Pentecost because they has a dress rehearsal for a thousand years in preparation for it. Don't clap yet. Here's what fires me up. The feast we're about to enter into. Tabernacles. Feast of Trumpets. Do y'all know what this feast is about? This is called the Great Ingathering. Or some of you may have been brought up with the Great Catching Away. <laughs> feast of Trumpets. Sound familiar? Where God comes and lives with us. So now what's happening? Just like, Pente just like Passover and Pentecost were celebrated, then it happened. We're celebrating a feast in these fall feasts for something that's actually going to happen now, but also it's a dress rehearsal for something that's going to happen in the future. We're celebrating the return of the Messiah at, as a dress rehearsal. Because one of these days, and see, let me just kick a sacred cow. People have been living all their life. Well, the Lord's going to come like a thief in the night. He is if you don't know what time it is. Yeah, if you're asleep and you don't know what time it is, it's going to be like a thief in the night because you ain't going to have a clue about what's happening. You're going to hear a loud sound and you're going to think it's a truck going down the interstate. But for those of us who have woken up and are awake and know what time it is, we know he's not going to return at Passover. We know he's not going to return at Pentecost. We know he's going to return where the dress rehearsal has been happening for thousands of years. You may not know the day. You may not know the hour. But, baby, I know the season where he's coming back for us. That's why it says, let the spirit and the bride say, come. I ain't praying for him to come at Pentecost. He ain't coming then. So if anybody says the Lord's coming soon, if it's Pentecost, it ain't. Now, right now. It could be soon. Because this is when he's going to come back. Right around this side. Not as a thief in the night. For people prepared. So, that what, so what's cool is the dress rehearsal says he so doesn't want anybody to miss it for 40 days. 40 days. 40 days. Because he don't want anybody to miss this. So one of these days, 
we're going to be blowing the shofar for 40 days, and in the midst of that, a trump from heaven's going to sound. The dead's going to get up. The sky's going to split, and Jesus is coming back. That's why we're fired up about this feast. Not only is it something that's going to affect us now, we're getting ready. Let the Spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus. And when the king shows up, it's all going to get sorted out. Right? And so these are appointed times, divine appointments. So now, Elul 1 starts preparing us. This is talking, I'm talking about tomorrow evening. We start getting prepared in Elul, this is the new month we're into, for the next 40 days of significance, which takes us through Yom Kippur, I'll tell you about that, Day of Atonement, Rosh Hashanah, the head of the new year, all the way through Tabernacles. And these 40 days that we're about to enter into are some of the most significant days each year we spend on the earth. God instructs us what to do. It's found in Joel 2. He says, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain and let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming and the day of the Lord is at hand. Now, there's significance to this that we know nothing about because we don't understand Hebraic thought or Hebraic concept. But I'll get to that in just a minute. So what, what do these 40 days represent to you and me? Well, this is when it really got exciting for me when I began to study this and find out exactly what these days were all about. Number one, it was only little one where Moses goes on the mountain for how long? How long? When did he start? You're a bit slow with me. When did he start? How long did he stay? We're talking about tomorrow. Moses goes on the mountain. Historically, it would have been tomorrow. Where Moses goes on the mountain for 40 days to do what? Hear God's voice and get clarity. So number one, the next 40 days, God is going to speak to you personally and you're going to get clarity like you've never had before about your purpose and your vision and what God wants to do for you in the earth. Touch three or four people say God's going to talk to you. Touch three or four other people say God's going to talk to you too. Touch the person behind you saying he ain't leaving you out either. Are you tracking with me how significant this is? Two, only little one, Jonah is sent to Nineveh. For 40 days to call a whole nation to repent. Elul 1, tomorrow, 40 days, significance. Jonah is sent to Nineveh to an entire nation to tell them to repent. Now, if you don't know the story of Jonah or history, you won't know how significant this is. But it wasn't like he just showed up and preached and a nation repented. They had been through two plagues, a total, total solar eclipse. All in preparation for Jonah to get there to tell him the message. So it wasn't like he went without help. And a whole nation repented and averted judgment. Don't miss this. See, we just think God's sovereign does. No, you can literally, your personal life, your city, your state, even a nation, yes, can find a place where you repent and move judgments away so that the blessings of God move into place. 
This is an important time. Third and final, Elul 1. This was really powerful for me. What happened? For 40 days on Elul 1, Jesus steps into the wilderness. And for 40 days does what? Fast and pray and defeat Satan. So this tells me these next 40 days, number one, are a time for you to get great clarity. Number two, it's a time for us to find a place of repentance, turning back toward God. And number three, it's a time for you and I to defeat the enemy that's a work in our lives and see the victory of God come. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm expecting all of that to happen. Tell them I'm expecting all of that to happen. If that wasn't enough, have you, have you read Genesis 1.14 before? Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and for years. God gave us the heavens to know what time it is. Uh, you do understand that they didn't have Siri and uh, daytimers. Didn't even have calendars. God gave them the heavens so they know what time it is. That word for seasons actually doesn't even mean days and times and years. It actually means for appointments, for divine appointments. So God gave us the heavens so we would know what time it is so we'd be at the right place at the right time to stay aligned with heaven. People say, well, oh, that, that's new age. Well, how did they find Jesus? It says they followed a star. It's not new age. It's Bible. It's, it's Psalm 19. God created the heavens and they declare his glory. So touch three more people say, look to the heavens. Now, here we go. Ready? Only little one. Tomorrow afternoon, what's going to happen? If, if, if Jeff Foxworthy would be here, he would say, here's your sign. Come on, Elul 1, August 21st, what's going to happen? A total solar eclipse on Elul 1. It's going to go straight across the United States of America. A total, so, so, is God trying to get anybody's attention? He's like, I'm going to sound the alarm for 40 days and send you a blinking eclipse to see if you won't wake up and hear that I'm ready to do something. Touch three people and say, God's doing something. God's saying something. Stay there a minute. This blew me away. I started out with Deuteronomy 10, 10, 40 days. How in the world did I get to hear? I'm thinking, God, you are really wanting us to hear what you're saying. Total solar eclipse. Now, here's what got interesting to me as I studied this out. That line... Mark straight through the United States of America. That line represents, of, of people that live in that line, 95% of those people voted for Trump. At this point in the presidency, we're saying, is that a blessing or a curse? We don't know. We're just praying for the man, right? Come on, somebody. We believe God put him in, but we got to pray. Come on. I said, we got to pray for that man and our nation. The political part, it doesn't faze me. Here's what is truth. Here's what that says to me. The nation is divided. The nation is totally divided. This is the truth. Political issues aside, our nation is divided. And this is what's important for us to repent. 
Not just personally, but for the whole nation. Because our nation is hanging in the balance. It can go either way. We got to pray and repent. Why? People, you know, I saw people saying, why, why aren't preachers saying anything about uh, Charlottesville or, or the, the, the whole um, white supremacist thing? Well, I think a lot of them did. But a lot of them don't because they know if they say that, they got to address everything. So I'll go on record and say, I got one simple statement. White supremacy is demonic, devilish, and straight from the pit of hell. That's what this is. End of story. But also is your high school cliques. Also is your haves and have-nots. Also is your Christians hating Muslims. Also, also is the Republican-Democratic political divide. It's all anti-Christ in nature because it's anti-God, anti-Christ. No unity in it. It's divisive. And my Bible says, mark those who cause division among you. It's Christians who speak hate or hatred against anybody or any other people. It's Antichrist spirit. Devilish, demonic from the pit of hell. So when I call, when I'm saying repent, it's for Christians who scream against abortionists instead of loving them. It's for straight hating gay. It's for gay hating straight. And it's having no empathy for one another. Because unless you've ever lived in a neighborhood where you have to be concerned because of the color of your skin, whether your children are going to get shot by a policeman on the way home or not, depending on the color of their skin, that's still alive in our nation today, if you don't have empathy for that, it's because you never lived there and you don't know what it's like. But also, if you've never been a cop, and you've never been a wife of a cop, who sends him out there every day not knowing, will he come home in his uniform or a body bag? So there's no room for judgment or hate. There's only room for prayer and love for one another. That's all there's room for. That's all there's room for. Come on. And so we simply need to repent. Why? Not for our not for the sinners. Judgment must first begin in the house of God. Until you and I get it right, we can't ever expect anybody else to get it right. How are we expecting everybody else out here to love each other when we can't live in the same church and love each other? Judgment must first begin in the house of God. 
So this 40 days of significance, what happens is, what are we asking you to do, me and you to do, is to sound this shofar every day, starting tomorrow, for 40 days. Now, I know that's radical. I know, I, I know that some people, that would be foreign for some people to think, think about something. But my Bible says our warfare is not carnal, but it's mighty. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I'm talking about biblical mandate. We're commanded to do this biblically, but we've just not known. So I'm asking you to join me in obedience to God the next 40 days to sound the sound of the shofar. Now, I realize everybody may not own one of these. <laughs> it's not like everybody in Alabama has a shofar, right? You know, <laughs> if it was pocket knives, it would be a different shape. But, you know, but, but not everybody has one of these. Right? But you, you can get one on Amazon. They'll ship it right to your house. They come straight from Israel. Uh, we had some here, but they all sold out. But we reordered, and they'll be, if you, you, so you can pre-buy them today. They'll be here Tuesday, uh, uh, I think up to 60. You can order them on Amazon. You can put it, if you don't even have one, you, it, your phone will do it. You, it just, there's an app. You can put it on your iPhone and do it. And, and if you want to go old school, roll you up a magazine. You know, I'm, I'm just saying. Hear the sound of the shofar. You say, what's so powerful about that sound? It was that sound on Sinai that let them hear God's voice. It's, it, we're not commanded to hear the sound of the shofar. We're actually commanded to hear the voice of the shofar because God will speak through that sound. You release that sound in your house, God's voice is going to get alive in you and your children and in your family. It's the same instrument where God said anytime you go into war. What brought the walls of Jericho down? It's where God said when you go into war, make that sound ahead of you and I will destroy your enemies. It's powerful. Powerful. It actually says in the Torah, blessed are you, ruler of the universe, who has sanctified us with commandments and has commanded us to hear the voice of the shofar. And then Psalm 89, 15, my favorite, says, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. What does that mean? If you understand what this means after you've heard it, you will walk in the favor of the Lord. That's the same scripture that's used on the, on the year of Jubilee. Where after 50 years when everybody was enslaved because of debt, when that horn blew, everybody that was enslaved to someone else got set free. If, you may not know this. That's the inscription on the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. That scripture right there. The sound of liberty. The sound of freedom. Where did it come from? It came from when Isaac was on, when Abraham was on the mountain with Isaac. And God sent him a ram. And, and it's a ram's horn. Speaks of sacrifice that was made for you so that you and I could live in freedom. So every time we blow this sound, we're reminding heaven and hell that Jesus Christ has already paid the price for everything we'll ever need to live godly in this earth. 
In that same thing, God introduced himself as Jehovah Jireh, my provider. When you make this sound loosed in your home, and, you're, and I'm not talking about just your house. I'm going to get outside. I'm blowing it in my neighborhood. Why? I'm saying I'm declaring I'm kind of a no-fly zone. I'm saying ain't no demons allowed within a circumference of this place. I'm going to blow the, come on, somebody. I challenge you. Let your phone be alarm clock. Don't wake up to WGA Watt or whatever it is. Wake with playing on the radio. Wake up. Go get the kids up for school. Forty days. Isn't that awesome? Why? God is so gracious. That he literally wants you to hear this sound of the alarm, the wake up from sleep, spiritual sleep, spiritual slumber. Wake up to know I'm ready to do something right now. Now here's where, comma, this has nothing to do with going to heaven. This has nothing to do with escaping hell. This has nothing to do for your salvation. So don't think I'm saying all this stuff has to be done so you can accept Jesus. Jesus has already done everything that needs to be done so you can be eternally secure. What this has to do with how you're going to live life here. Pause. Why is that important? Because how you live life here determines how you get to live life there. And that's what you don't want to hear. Everybody wants to hear Jesus saves, Jesus saves, and yes, he does. But you're also going to be rewarded or judged in the next life for how you lived in this one. That's the truth. Dress rehearsal. Now, why are these 40 days significant? Because this is moving us to a thing called, we'll have to study later, called the Day of Atonement, Rosh Hashanah. What's Rosh Hashanah? It's the Day of Creation. It's the day Adam took his first breath. Every year, God lets you decide what kind of world you want to create this year. If you're happy with your relationships, your financial situation, your spiritual awareness, and everything else in your life in this season, don't listen to anything else I've got to say. But if you're currently not happy with the way everything's going in your life, you need to listen to what I've got to say. Because this is the time where we get to determine how we're going to live next year. On the Day of Atonement, that's why we're getting ready for 40 days. He's getting you saying, wake up, wake up, why? There's a court held in heaven. Physically. The king is in court. Heaven's realms are there and the books are opened. And everybody on the earth is in the book. And all the lives are inspected. In the, in the, in the natural, in the uh, agricultural world in part of the east, it's called the shepherd's rod. All the sheep pass under it every year and they get inspected. And you say, what am I getting inspected for? Not whether you're sinning or not. You're getting inspected or are you fulfilling your mission that God sent you here to do? Because every person on earth was sent here by God to fulfill a certain purpose and a certain 
destiny and mission. Can I blow your mind like mine got blown? 40, remember? Everybody heard this, any man in Christ, he is a new, not creature, creation. That means world. Not a new individual, you're called to create a new world. Anybody in Christ, you should be creating a new world. Anybody in Christ, you should be making the earth a better place to live. Anybody in Christ, your family ought to be happy. Anybody in Christ, your neighborhood ought to see it. Anybody in Christ, your world should start getting better. Why? It's the Hebrew word, tiku alam, means to repair the world. Listen to me. The first 40 days, you were in your mother's womb. This is ancient Hebrew wisdom in the Bible. The first 40 days you were in your mother's womb, your spirit stood before God. And he gave you instructions for what he wanted you to accomplish as a human being. The first 40 days in your womb. You ever read Psalm 139? While you were yet in your mother's womb, I formed you, fashioned you, and wrote a book about you. And all your days are listed. On the day of atonement, that book is open. Are you on mission? Are you fulfilling my purpose and plan? Are you making the world a better place? In other words, how many good deeds have you done? And with what attitude did you do them? They're talked about in heaven and recorded. And ever how you get right these 40 days, I know a bunch of y'all, we've all had a court date. Come on now. You get a court date, you start getting right. You know, you quit smoking that weed, get that bloodstream. You know what I'm talking about? You got to get right. We're going to get a drug test. We're going to court. You got to get right. We're going for a court date. You better go with the right attitude, clean blood, some new clothes, some white tennis shoes on. I'm, you know what I'm talking about? For 40 days. What? Court's coming. Judge yourself, lest you. So for 40 days, he lets you get it right. God, I'm sorry about that attitude. That, yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. I see it clearly. Bottom line, yes, I'm a screw up. But you know what, God, without your mercy, I can't change. But I see I need to change. And I take steps toward you to say, change me, Lord, and get me ready. Because I don't want to live another year like I lived last year. I want to create me a new world. And on the day of atonement, ever how you prepared these 40 days with God, decrees are made, blessings are released, favors are in store, and the book is closed and sealed, and devil can't stop it, man can't stop it, circumstances can't stop it. If you're marked for blessing, one who he blesses can't nobody curse or take down. Significant 40 days. And now... We pass through the Day of Atonement into the Feast of Tabernacles, and God releases us into another cycle that we're supposed to have get to, gone to the next place 
to make Tekuilam make the world a better place. See, so much of Christianity is wrongly taught because we, the way most of us get taught Christianity, it's all about you. It's all about me. That's not true biblical understanding of what it. I had a talk with some young people back, by the way. Nobody in the early church called themselves Christian. You would never introduce yourself to somebody and say, I'm a Christian. That was sacrilegious. That was like spitting on Christ. To say, I'm a Christian, it was the most prideful, arrogant thing you could say. The only way in the, in the, in the early church you were called a Christian is somebody else called you that. They got around you, and, and, and after they were around you a while, they go, oh, Christian. Why? Acts like Jesus. You don't need, if you need to tell somebody you're a Christian, you're probably not a Christian. Because a Christian ain't how you vote. It ain't even what you believe. It's how you act. Are you kind, generous, humble, peaceful? Do you walk uprightly? Is your word your bond? If you say yes, it's yes, swear to your own hurt. People see that. But more than that, heaven sees it. And no act of kindness or generosity is ever unnoticed there. It's written in a book. Nobody else may know what you did, but God does. When your heart was moved and you reached in your pocket, and you took money you didn't have to give to somebody else. Heaven records that. When everything in your heart is telling you to do it this way, but you obey God and do it His way, recorded in a book. I talked to a man yesterday, his whole life, he was in prison. He's tough. You know, I mean like kill you tough. Till you until, kill you until God he found you dead tough. You know what I'm talking about? Tough. But Jesus came in his life. Man, he's had troubles. Wife's a drug addict, became a prostitute for drugs. I said, man, that's got to be tough. He said, I got to love her. I said, why? He said, because that's what Jesus would do. Neighbors crazy, killed several of his goats, shot at him. I'm talking about this wild business. He said, man, if that had been five years ago, I'd have been up on him. He said, but can't do it anymore. I said, why is that? He said, it's not what Jesus would do. And I've seen this guy that in the world's eyes might call insignificant. I see him, man, he's just like Jesus. And heaven records that kind of stuff. What we think is important on earth is not important there. <laughs> this is repentance. What we think is important is not important there. And what we think is unimportant is very important there. 
how we treat each other, how we honor each other, how we speak about each other, important there. And so now we get to this significant time of year where God says, I so want you to get it right. What's crazy is in the midst of all this, it's called the month of mercy. God's just looking to be merciful if he can. Any step toward him will bring all of heaven's mercy on your life. Any attempt at obedience will bring all of heaven's mercy your way. His eyes are just looking throughout the whole earth, just looking for somebody whose heart would open up so he can show himself strong on their behalf. That's what these 40 days are about, very significantly. So we're just wild enough around here to believe that God wants to do something, that we're going to get this horn or a phone or a magazine And an eclipse is coming at us. This is cosmic. <laughs> I mean, they might write movies about this, about us in the days. Man, there's a crew down in the cold water, there's a blinking eclipse, and they had horns outside. <laughs> you want to give your neighbor a wake up call, blow it right when it gets the darkest tomorrow. <laughs> They're like, man, it's a total eclipse, and my neighbor's got a horn in the backyard. <laughs> Man, that's just an evangelism start point. God commands in the scripture for 40 days, hear the voice of the shofar. And he promises that it will, he will use this sound to hear his voice, receive great clarity, bring a spirit of repentance inside of us, and will defeat the enemy in our lives if we'll listen to him for the next 40 days and move with him by the spirit of God. So, you know, I got to try it. Stand up with me. This ain't the easiest thing in the world to do is blow one of these, by the way. So go ahead and give me some grace if the first one comes out. But I am very serious about this. Yeah, I like to have fun with you. I've never felt the Lord more strongly on me. I've never felt more confident to tell you what I believe God's saying. I have, somebody's got a phone playing this shofar. Don't try to outdo me. I've not stepped into repentance yet. That's tomorrow. You see, I believe that we're not just called to be blessed, but we're blessed to be a blessing. I think that teachers in our congregation, your, your classroom should be the classroom where there's peace, joy, righteousness, love, and, you, and, you, and yet that's your influence. That's where you have dominion. You moms in the home with your children, you husbands when you go to work, we, we are to stand in that as a, as, as in a place of authority and walk in the blessings of God, that we literally change atmospheres. And this is preparing us to do it. And so, I would set my alarm with it on it, get, to get on my app, 
if you can get one, because here's what I'm wanting to do. I'm wanting to, at the end of this 40 days, we're all going to be here for tabernacles. I'm wanting everybody to bring theirs. And here's what our tabernacle is going to look like this year. We're going to offer some radical worship. We're going to give a first fruits offering, and we're going to blow a sound that might take the walls of the church down around here. Can you imagine a thousand people with one of these in their hands? That's really what I believe we're supposed to release this sound. I believe when we release this sound, it's going to affect you, your children, your sphere of influence, your neighborhood. I'm serious. I'm going to get out my house and release it in my neighborhood. I'm claiming it for the state of Alabama, for the nation. Whichever way the White House is, I'm going to give them a toot. Come on now. Why not? Release the sound. Hear the voice of the shofar. All right. is supposed to be able to penetrate hearts, penetrate strongholds, and bring victory to our lives. So I'm just challenging these 40 days of significance. We'll have 60 more of them here Tuesday if you want to get here. Amazon will get them right to your house. I love Amazon. Uh, Magazine, app, make the sound. Hear the sound of shofar. Blow it in your business. Businessmen, businesswomen. Blow it over your children. Blow it in your prayer room. Blow it out in your yard. Blow it towards your neighbor's house that you don't like. Come on, I'm serious. Blow it toward Montgomery. Blow it toward Washington, D.C. Blow it toward heaven. Blow it toward hell. Let the sound be heard. Blessed are those who know the joyful sound sound of liberty sound of freedom sound of victory let it awaken our souls that we're not called just to drift through life but we're called to make a difference ask yourself are you living on mission or is it just about you four and no more Life's much more than just making a living, putting your kids through school, retiring, and dying safely. If we're going to die, who wants to die safely? I want to die radically. Having made an effort, I'm not saying I'll do it, but at least make an effort to change something. Everybody here is called to change something. You're called to bring change. You're a change agent. You're called to change atmospheres, change legislation, change family dynamics. Somebody asked me this a while ago. They said, do you believe Genesis really happened? Genesis won 6,000 years ago or 6 billion years ago? I said, I don't care. I don't care when it happened. What I love about it is it not that it happens, that it happens all the time. All the time I see God look into a dark chaos, speak light, and bring order, and things change. 
I see people's lives come into the dads of drug addict and the moms whacked out and the kids are whacked out and all of a sudden God speaks into their chaos and light comes and order comes and life begins to flow again. That's what Rosh Hashanah is. It's celebrating creation. Not that it happened 6 billion or 6,000 years ago, but that it will happen this year all over again. God will look into your darkness, speak light and life to you, and chaos will come into order and life will flow in you and your family again. That's what it's about. And So, Father, we set our hearts towards you. Lord, we set our hearts toward the passionate pursuit these 40 days of hearing the sound of the shofar and releasing this sound to our families, to our homes, to our communities, and to our areas of influence. And we just believe, Lord, as we do this and we move ahead, that we will see supernatural things happen in this time of significance. So, Father, we open our heart for it. We say, Lord, we thank you for clarity coming repentance filling our, filling our hearts and the enemy being defeated all around us. The Lord's given me this promise. He said, when you go into this land, I will give you rest on every side. Oh, I believe we're entering a season where we're going to get some rest on every side that we've been warring in. Father, I thank you for that. We release that word and we move our hearts towards you beginning tomorrow, a little one tomorrow evening to move towards you significantly in this season and we do it in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said? Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting waio.org or by downloading the Wayo app and selecting give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks.